1: Welcome to our show tonight. This is Polygamy, What Love Is This? And I am your host, Doris Hansen. And um, we welcome you to the show and are glad you're watching. And of course, our co-host Earl Erskine is here again tonight.
0: Thank you for having me. And
1: thanks Appreciate for being it. here. Did you you're and your welcome. wife have a good Christmas we had and a good a wonderful New holiday
0: season, yes. Thank you.
1: Wonderful. That's <laughs> you too? very great. Wait, yes, I certainly did. <laughs> and we hope our viewers did as well. We did take a couple of weeks off and to enjoy the holidays, but we're here again, and we're back and here every Thursday night to bring biblical truths to polygamists and to discuss Mormon polygamy from a biblical perspective. Uh, of course, this includes any and all contemporary discussions and contemporary events relevant to Mormon polygamy. And we do this because we have the hope that when polygamists understand the simplicity of eternal life that they will uh, compare it with Joseph Smith's way of eternal life and they'll turn away from polygamy and embrace what Jesus taught instead. Now when those who depend upon works religious works including polygamy for their salvation when they learn that God does not expect or even want them to live polygamy it's our hope that they'll walk away from their polygamous marriage from their polygamous doctrine and from their polygamy group and then seek and embrace God's truth not what polygamists or Mormons call the truth now we have an interesting quote here by Heber C. Kimball
0: Yeah, I'd like to read this. Learn to do as you are told. If you are told by your leader to do a thing, do it none of your business, whether it is right or wrong, from the Journal of Discourses.
1: From the Journal of (laughs) Discourses. Of course, this is our Heber C. Kimball. And you know, it's remarks like this that tie up people's minds to the false religion of Mormonism. And Heber C. Kimball was telling a big fat lie because it is our business, it is your business if what they're telling you is right or wrong. We are responsible for our belief and for our actions, and we are each responsible to seek and discover God's truths. Not Joseph Smith's teachings, but God's truths for ourselves. No one is appointed by God to tell you God's will for your life. That is Jesus's job alone. Now, God has given us the Bible to answer our questions. And Jesus said in John 17, 17, Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. Now that was talking about the Bible. There was no Book of Mormon during that time. It's talking about the Bible. And those who claim that they believe in Jesus must believe what Jesus said. I recently received an email that we want to share with our viewers tonight. In fact, we're kind of launching the content of our show uh from receiving this email so we'll read the email to you and then we'll have a little more to say about it
0: (laughs) i am talking to my friends at work and have a couple of questions where can i find proof of a heavenly mother where are teachings of women being eternally procreating i love your show and i know you have talked about these things
1: well, I thought they were, they were valid questions. Yes, they are. <laughs> so our show so. tonight is based on this woman's questions. And of course, the simple answer is that there are no biblical teachings at all about a heavenly mother. And there's no biblical teachings about eternal procreating. Now, believing something is true doesn't make it true. And in the spirit of Heber C. Kimball that the thinking has been done for you regarding heavenly parents and eternal (laughs) procreating, Orson Pratt has certainly done a lot of thinking for you. And in researching information for tonight's show, I couldn't help but wonder if women in polygamy groups or women in Mormonism have ever really thought through to its logical conclusion (laughs) that eternal marriage and eternal polygamy requires eternal pregnancy. There are many polygamous women who have given birth to well over a dozen babies, and huge families have been a trademark of Mormon and especially polygamous families. Doctrinally, large families is only a mere shadow of what they believe will take place in eternity, having babies forever. With this in mind, we decided tonight to take a real close look at the idea of eternal increase, as Joseph Smith put it, and determine how realistic it is actually compared to the Bible and how it fits in, perhaps, with your idea of what heaven is like. Now, early Mormon prophets taught that both God and Jesus Christ are polygamists and are eternally procreating, providing population for their many planets. For instance, Orson Hyde.
0: He says in Journal of Discourses, if Jesus begat children, he only did that which he had seen his father do. And Orson Pratt (laughs) said, the great Messiah, who was the founder of the Christian religion, was a polygamist. God the Father had a plurality of wives. The son followed the example of his father. Both God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ inherit their wives in eternity as well as in time. In order to become the everlasting father, it is necessary that he should have one or more wives by whom he could multiply his seed, not for any any limited period of time, but forever and ever.
1: Okay, so this sets, sets <laughs> the stage for the doctrine of eternal marriage. Uh, polygamous marriage in eternity, and eternal babies. Yes, That's what it's increase. saying. Now, Orson Pratt was a confirmed prophet. He was called to prophesy, according to Joseph Smith. He wrote it down in Doctrine and Covenants 34, verses 5 through 10. And a lot of polygamous doctrine hangs on Orson Pratt. A lot of the polygamists hang on to what Orson Pratt taught. He dogmatically taught God the Father and Jesus Christ were and are polygamous. Jedediah Grant even went so far as to say that polygamy was the reason Jesus was crucified.
0: This was an apostle. The grand reason of the burst of public sentiment and anathemas upon Christ and His disciples causing His crucifixion was evidently based on polygamy, according to the testimony of the philosophers who rose in that age. A belief in the doctrine of a plurality of wives caused the persecution of Jesus and his followers. We might almost think they were Mormons.
1: Now, this (laughs) isn't this awful? Uh, This entire quote is blasphemy. It's just nothing short of blasphemy at all. To think that that they are taking what Jesus did on the cross for our sins and attribute it to polygamy is horrible. Now, all these men that we've quoted and will be quoting, are early Mormon leaders who have done the thinking in advance for their membership, and they preached and they recorded their thinking on subjects like this one. So they established the doctrine of eternal polygamy and eternal pregnancy. Now let's look at eternal marriage as taught by these great Mormon thinkers.
0: (laughs) In quotes, (laughs) Orson Pratt says, after the resurrection they neither marry nor are given in marriage. Why? Because this is the world where these ceremonies are to be attended to. That which is secured here will be secured hereafter, if it, is, if it be secured upon the principles of law which God has revealed. Marriage then for eternity is the great principle of marriage with the Latter-day Saints.
1: So marriage for eternity is the great principle of marriage with the LDS Church, yeah. obvious, and that goes for the polygamy groups as well. But what did Jesus say
0: in Matthew 22 29 and 30 Jesus replied you are in error because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God at the resurrection people will neither marry nor be given in marriage they will be like the angels in heaven
1: now Jesus was also a great thinker in fact, the greatest, the greatest of all thinkers. Of all thinkers, he made us so that we could think. Actually, so obviously, he's a great thinker, and he's certainly much greater than Orson Pratt. And Jesus said, "There are no marriages in heaven." We just read it. And that's that's only one place where that he's quoted. There are no rituals on this earth that will outlast our mortality when it comes to marriage. None. He said, just like the angels in heaven are not married, and Jesus said they don't get married, neither will those who are resurrected into eternal life experience married life in heaven. Now that's what Jesus said. Now, there's a lot of people who call us and email us, and, and they, they get angry because they say we talk Mormon doctrine or, or, or whatever, <laughs> and, and they wish that they would rather talk that we talk about what we believe. Well, actually, every time we quote a Bible passage, we're talking about what we believe. Mormonism says there's eternal marriage. Jesus said there's not eternal marriage. We believe Jesus and those who don't believe Jesus and what he said don't get to go to his heaven. Now the Millennial Star, an early Mm. publication said,
0: We cannot be married for (laughs) eternity without subscribing to a law that admits a plurality of wives.
1: Now here they're still talking about (laughs) eternal marriage which doesn't exist, so we're we're all talking about myth, but you know what, they're calling it doctrine. So according to official early Mormon material, there's no eternal marriage without polygamy. Both Mormons and polygamists must and will live polygamy in Mormon heaven. That's the doctrine. Now here are some comments made by early Mormon prophets concerning sex and eternity.
0: Whoa, (laughs) Joseph Fielding Smith Jr. What is eternal life? It is to have a continuation of the seeds forever and ever.
1: So, in plain English, yeah. they're teaching eternal sex for the men and eternal pregnancy for the woman. <laughs> now, polygamists teach that salvation is contingent upon marriage, specifically plural marriage, and that heaven consists of eternal sexual activity, and that is the fullness of polygamous gospel and it also defines the fullness of the original Mormon gospel according to the prophet Brigham Young.
0: This was done, said at the Sermon at the Dedication of the St. George Temple. Hear it, ye il- elders of Israel, and mark it down in your logbook. The fullness of the gospel is the united order and plural marriage. And I fear that when I am gone, this people will give up these two principles which we prize so highly. So,
1: was Brigham Young a prophet?
0: I think he was, as I remember. <laughs>
1: did you believe he was a prophet when oh, you yes. were still a Mormon? yes, I, I did. And then we did too in yeah. the polygamy group. So did Brigham Young teach truth or did he lead the people astray with false teaching? If he was a prophet, you are supposed to believe and live what he taught. Now, Let's see, what did William Clayton say?
0: In the historical record, he said, From him, Joseph Smith, I learned that the doctrine of plural and celestial marriage is the most holy and important doctrine ever revealed to man on earth, and without obedience to that principle, no man can ever attain to the fullness of exaltation and celestial glory.
1: So in Mormon heaven, polygamy is an obligation. Sounds like a And yet they say, this is horrible, they say (laughs) that it's the most important doctrine ever revealed to man on earth. They completely throw out the cross. They completely throw out what Jesus did for us, because that's the greatest doctrine that's ever been given to man.
0: And the grace and the free gift of grace.
1: Absolutely. (laughs) Now, the word gospel means good news. If you go to the Bible dictionary, and you read the word gospel, and you go to what does that mean? It means good news. Now, we wonder how many women watching tonight (laughs) would agree that being required to live polygamy and birthing babies throughout eternity can be considered good news. Now this eternal sex thing is more like the fantasies of men than the truth of a holy God which is revealed to us in the Bible. So we find that early Mormons and Mormon fundamentalists believe that God and Jesus are polygamous, and they are currently eternally begetting spirit children and that Mormon polygamists will become gods and will also beget spirit children eternally. Now, again, for the ladies, if you think that having spirit babies is going to be easier and faster in eternity, you have failed to read up on this great thinker, Orson Pratt. He had a lot to say on this subject. He wrote the book, entitled The Seer. And in this book is a lot of information that we're going to be bringing tonight. And a lot of it on the very subject that we're talking about and that we're quoting from. Now remember, when the thinking has been done, it's been done for you, and you don't have to bother thinking this out for yourself. But we did, anyway. (laughs) The doctrine of eternal progression is as much a myth as Jack and the Beanstalk. But it is believed but believing something is true doesn't make it true. Orson Pratt.
0: From the seer. Each succeeding generation of gods follow the example of the preceding ones. Each generation have their wives who raise up from the fruit of their loins immortal spirits. When their families become numerous, they organize new worlds for them.
1: So the teaching. And ongoing, isn't <laughs> Ongoing. It? Yeah. So the teaching of becoming gods and populating your own worlds has its origins in foundational Mormon doctrine. Now Orson Pratt said more about multiplying children in eternity.
0: As soon as each god has begotten many millions of male and female spirits and his heavenly inheritance becomes too small to comfortably accommodate his great family, he, in connection with his sons, organize a new world after a similar order to the one which we now inhabit. Each father and mother will be in a condition to multiply forever and ever there we go. Doesn't sound too bad for the guy, but for the woman. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> we're gonna talk a little more
1: about maybe, that, maybe too, that as, too as, that as we go on, yeah. Come
0: to think of it. Well, <laughs>
1: well, when we get into the crunching the numbers, it's it's a pretty bad story. So anyway, Orson Pratt uh, considered that females will be in a condition to multiply forever and ever. This is Eternal Pregnancy any way you look at it that's what it is and this information again can be found that what we're going to talk about pages 37 through 39 in this book uh the seer by orson pratt now we're going to get into some interesting and some mind-boggling information orson pratt said the gestation period for celestial pregnancies is the same as it is here on earth and we quote
0: (laughs) I, I always thought maybe God would start the test tube baby thing or something. I don't know, mm. but this is not what Orson Pratt Not unless you
1: called his wife's test tubes. Yeah, that's right.
0: <laughs> it is altogether probable that the period required for the formation of the infant spirit is of the same length as that required in this world for the organization of that infant tabernacle.
1: So with all these funny little words that he liked to use. In other words, it's nine months there and here it's nine months there. According to Pratt, each conception by the celestial parents will take nine months to give birth to each spirit baby. Now the question arises, how many wives would this father God need to populate a world like ours if he only had one wife? Well, we brought this information to the show several years ago, but because of the subject matter, we thought it would be worth uh, repeating some of these things on tonight's show too. So Orson Pratt guessed that the population of the earth will end up being about 70 million people or 70 billion people aggregate. That would be from the beginning of time until the end. So according to him, 70,000 million spirit babies were born in heaven who were permitted to get a mortal body. But According to polygamous doctrine, one-third were not permitted a body of flesh and bones. That's right.
0: They were cast out. They were cast out.
1: So we need to add another 35,000 million more spirit babies born to the spiritual parents. Now, he explains (laughs) that an average of one year intervenes between each birth of a spirit baby nine months gestation, three months recuperation for the mother, that would require over a 100,000 million years for the same mother in heaven to give birth to all of Earth's spirit babies. Now, Orson Pratt suggested that if this god had a 100 wives instead of just one, which he said is very probable, Instead of a hundred thousand million years to populate the earth, it would only take a thousand million years to populate it. This would require these 100 wives of God to be eternally pregnant. Nine months pregnant, three months to recuperate, nine months pregnant, and on and on into eternity. Now, let's make this more interesting. As the world grows exponentially, It requires God to work faster to keep up with the spirit baby demand. For instance, if during the past year there were 100 million babies born on this planet, and if it takes nine months per birth, this God would require over 75 million wives to conceive and give birth to that many spirit children in one year. If he had only one wife, then it becomes even more mind-boggling. Now, about 365,000 babies are born every day worldwide. Multiply that by seven days a week. That's 2,555,000 babies a week. Multiplied by 52 weeks in a year, that's 132,860 babies born per year that heavenly mother or mothers must produce. Now, remember, Orson (laughs) Pratt said the heavenly gestation time is equal to Earth's time. That's nine months. So, crunch the numbers for us. (laughs) All right,
0: here they are. That'd be 15,208 babies born per hour, 253 babies born per minute, 4.22 babies born every second. Per second. That is a busy dad, isn't That's it? A very
1: busy, busy. <laughs> Let alone the women it, too. <laughs> yeah, and of course he couldn't have just one wife unless she's giving birth to quadruplets, uh, but they almost five babies per second if he had one wife just to keep up with the population of the planet. Obviously, God would need to be a polygamist to achieve this monumental task. Now let's try a simplistic scenario to explain the implications of eternal increase, which embraces eternal polygamy and eternal pregnancy. Let's say that there have been a 100 billion people who have lived and will live on the earth before the end of time. Assuming that every sexual encounter with one of his wives (laughs) produced a spirit baby, this god would have to work at a high speed assembly line rate for example
0: there's a lot of fertility going on here oh, too isn't there, isn't there? <laughs> let's say there's one successful conception every 5 minutes that would be 12 an hour which would equal 288 conceptions per day which would equal 1728 pregnancies every week we won't count the sabbath since it's that is the polygamous day of rest and at this rate there would be 89,856 pregnancies per year now <clears throat> somebody didn't think that through very they, well they, did they? didn't <laughs> at all
1: now assuming that this god is able to say hello to his wife and give her a kiss and then arrange the sexual encounter to impregnate the wife and be at the next wife in less than five minutes it would take a minimum of ninety thousand goddess wives to accomplish the required task of populating this planet now this is not counting any bathroom breaks (laughs) no eating
0: no sleeping
1: no r&r
0: no vacations at
1: all (laughs) none. Let's assume that this God is working day and night at just His reproductive responsibilities with a different goddess every five minutes. It would take 11,128,917 years of non-stop vigorous sexual activity to create all the spirit beings for one earth. This is fantasy land.
0: Yeah, that is.
1: It certainly isn't God's heaven.
0: No, it isn't. It's
1: not God's heaven. And when would he have time to hear and answer your prayers? When would he have time to take care of the problems and the crisis of the planet and its inhabitants? Suppose he wanted to spend some quality time with each of his wives and children. Maybe he wanted to give them one hour of his private time per year. How many more millions of years would it take to produce all the spirit babies for one planet, and then suppose <laughs> he has several planets that he is required to populate. Now, this is what Mormon eternal progression is. Yeah, it's what, but it, polygamists believe, and the early Mormons believe. It.
0: And in Mormonism, we've we've uh, humanized God. Mm-hmm. He's one. We are one of. We can become a god. Right. He was one of us once, mm-hmm. and so. We've humanized him. He's not an Almighty God. He does have to obey the laws of
1: that's what w- they of say. everything,
0: eternal laws. Mm-hmm. yeah, so we so he has to go along with this kind of a mathematical problem that he's that's being generated here yes. because he's he just does things in the natural, human right. sort of way.
1: right. And we were talking earlier. Uh, they've humanized him, they say he's a, as a, a person of spe- uh, flesh and bones just like we are, which... Yeah, the, the Doctrine
0: and Covenants teaches that. But
1: the Bible says the opposite, that he's yeah. a spirit, not, not like us. But how can he have spirit babies if he's got flesh and bones?
0: That was something I didn't really even think about until after I came out of the church, how, how a heavenly father and a heavenly mother who are flesh and bone could have spirit children. Yeah. like begets like and, uh-huh. and all that. Yeah, and I don't so know how they'd have a spirit child.
1: Every bit of this is against biblical
0: yeah. teaching.
1: Yeah. So, so you can't say you believe the Bible and believe this stuff too because no. that just absolutely cannot be true. And of course, most people watching uh, are probably shaking their heads, <laughs> remarking how ridiculous all of this is. Why are we wasting time on this? But Orson Pratt, the great thinker, devoted many pages to this very thing in his book, The Seer. Yes, it is ridiculous, but it does bring us to the conclusion that eternal increase just cannot be true. (laughs) Either what Orson Pratt, a Mormon apostle and prophet, prophesied is true, or it isn't. And if it isn't true, nothing he said can be trusted to be true because God's standard is 100% true truth with no room for error now for those who want us to talk about what we believe this is what we believe first of all there are not many gods and there are not many worlds to populate which is what early mormonism taught and present day polygamists still teach earl how many (laughs) gods does god say there are
0: well let's read in isaiah and (laughs) we'll find out several different places 44 6 it says thus saith the lord i am the first i am the last and beside me there is no god and in verse 40, uh, chapter forty-three, ten. before me no god was formed uh, no god formed mm-hmm. nor will there be one after me in and, and isaiah 44 6 this is what the lord says israel's king and redeemer the lord almighty i am the first and i am the last apart from me there is no god
1: No other God. Now, if there were other gods, would God know there were other gods?
0: (laughs) You'd think he would be tuned into that, wouldn't you? (laughs)
1: Yeah, absolutely. No other gods. So really, ladies, there really is no reason to worry about eternal godhood, celestial wives, and eternal pregnancy. Please be aware, however, that the reason Lucifer fell to eternal perdition is because he wanted to be like God. And the reason that Adam and Eve fell is because they listened to the devil, tell them that if they disobeyed God, they could become like God. So why do Mormons and fundamentalists continue to teach and preach and believe and defend their belief that they can become like God, when in the end it will be their downfall, just like it was with Lucifer and with Adam and Eve and the human race. Amazing doctrine. It is an amazing <laughs> doctrine, it is. Another thing we believe is what Jesus taught, that there is no pre-existence, no pre-mortal spirit babies, no heavenly parents.
0: Let's read this in, 1 Corinthians fifteen forty-six. the spiritual did not come first, but the natural, and after that, the spiritual. And in verse 44, it is sown a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. And Jesus said in John six forty six, no one has seen the Father except the one who has come from God. Only he has seen the Father.
1: Okay, so the spiritual didn't come first. Right. That means there was no spirit babies. The natural first. That the, the natural came first. And then Jesus said in John six forty six, No one has seen the Father except the one who came down from God. That's Jesus. No one but one, and that's Jesus, has seen the Father. Now, if we were spirit babies in heaven, yeah. He couldn't say that. No, he he would be lying. He'd be yeah. telling a lie. That's true. So, only He pre-existed, folks. And if you don't believe it, it's to your detriment. It, it doesn't hurt us if you don't <laughs> believe that. It will hurt you in eternity if you don't believe it. Because Jesus came and he is the truth who cannot lie. This statement is something that Jesus made and we just cannot believe the false prophets of early Mormonism, we'd rather believe Jesus. Now we also believe the Bible where it says in some Tim- good Timothy verses. Yeah, 1
0: Timothy and also 2 Timothy verse chapter 1-4. Nor to devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies. These promote controversies rather than God's work, which is by faith.
1: Okay, so no myths, no No genealogies. Right. Okay.
0: And chapter 4, verse 7, have nothing to do with the godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. So again, no
1: myths, no tall tales. We got these tall tales going in the show tonight, lots of them and then in
0: chapter 4 verses 3 and 4 for the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine instead to suit their own desires they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear they will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths
1: and that's exactly what's happened here
0: they've added another gospel
1: totally yeah. different yeah. absolutely different and God has cursed a different gospel Orson Pratt was promoting myths, not truth. And if we can't trust him with something as serious as this, we can't trust anything that he said. In conclusion, this God person is having continual sex with his hundred or so wives while each wife remains pregnant forever. And whether you're his first wife, his foremost, or his favorite wife doesn't matter. It's still eternal sex for him an eternal pregnancy for the female. Do you wonder why Mormonism and polygamy is really a man's privileged religion?
2: Yeah, it's, it's, it's even
1: sad. more more obvious that polygamy is man's idea and not God's. And this certainly isn't heaven no. by any definition. Yeah, you're right. Okay, so as you're thinking about this, we're gonna take a break and we're gonna open up the telephone lines. We'd love to hear from you. Our phone number is uh, 801-973-TV20, 973-8820. We would love to hear what you might have to say, what you think about these so-called eternal principles. We'd like to hear from new viewers, also from polygamous viewers or Mormon viewers, Uh, You're invited to call in. Tell us what you think about this. And in the meantime, while we're waiting for your calls, we have a message to share with you.
3: You are watching Polygamy, What Love Is This? Broadcasting live from Salt Lake City, Utah. This program is the broadcast outreach of A Shield and Refuge Ministry. Shield and Refuge is a point of first contact for Mormon fundamentalists who question the doctrines of the religion or who are actively seeking for an opportunity to escape the polygamist lifestyle. Examining the claims of fundamentalist doctrine against the backdrop of biblical truth is central to our efforts. We invite you to contact us. Call toll free at 877-425-9993 or email us at tv at aboutpolygamy.com we've made available to you some outstanding resources free of charge you will find them at our website www.whatloveisthis.tv while you are at our website make sure to take advantage of the archived episodes of this program which can stream on demand directly to your computer and if someone you know is unable to view this program via live broadcast recommend that they visit this same website every Thursday at 8 p.m. Mountain Time to watch this show through live streaming video. If you are watching live tonight, we invite you to call us as we open our phone lines. The number is 801-973-TV20. That's 801-973-8820. Now, back to Polygamy, What Love Is This? with our host, Doris Hansen.
1: Welcome back to our show. This is Polygamy, What Love Is This? And co-host Earl Erskine and myself, uh, Doris Hanson, have been talking about eternal marriage, eternal uh, polygamy <laughs> and eternal pregnancy and the implications of this eternal increase and eternal lives that Joseph Smith wrote so much about. Um, we do hope that you've started to think about this and I'll just shrug it off because this is something that is foundational Mormonism
4: yeah,
1: it um, is. and if you're a polygamous female this is your doctrine if you're an LDS female this is your doctrine too it, even though it's rarely discussed anymore it is still LDS doctrine it's never been officially renounced and neither have those who have preached it ever been officially renounced no,
0: we, we expect to live it in heaven it's it's part of the doctrine, at least in. That's I'm what sure.
1: eternal progression is, isn't sure. it? Isn't it yeah. just including all of this, where you just get bigger and better well, in the. it's the purpose eternities. of
0: eternal families. And families are forever, and becoming a god, you create planets and have babies to populate the. Have spirit children so that you can populate the worlds.
1: But it never. Did Did you ever stop to think about I didn't.
0: this? Oh, it's so naive, and I, I don't know that a lot of LDS really put their thought process into this, and what, what the implications are.
1: Do you think they just sit back and say, well, God will figure it out, I'm not worried about I it. I think
0: so, I do. I think that's true. Uh-huh. I think we just figure, well, we'll know about it when it comes, and we'll understand it, and just accept it as it comes. It,
1: but God's already told us about it, hasn't he? Yeah, and indeed? it's
0: not biblical at all. Right. That's the other thing that I didn't realize, or didn't think. Uh, let me just say, I used to think, really, that the Bible, the Book of Mormon, the Doctrine and Covenants, and Pearl of Great Price were the scriptures. That was that was the gospel. Right. Mm-hmm. So if there was ever a question, I went to one of the four, mm-hmm. usually the last three, and got my answer, but it was all scripture. You know, I never took out and said, "Well, this is what the Book of Mormon says and doesn't say, and yeah. this is what the Bible says and doesn't say." And now I realize these last three books are just other Gospels. They're just right. add-ons right. to really what the Bible teaches. Well, what
1: do you think about what Brigham Young said, we quoted earlier, where he said the fullness of the Gospel
4: oh,
0: is the
1: united order and polygamy. That's the fullness of the Mormon Gospel. He did this at the Temple opening. That's pretty St.
0: George Temple. Yeah,
1: that's pretty big. What do you think about that?
0: Jesus is just a footnote, really. I mean, I know that a lot of LDS will hate me to say that and probably the polygamists as well. But in reality, the temple ceremony, everything we do at church, the sacrament meetings, our testimonies, we usually say that we know Jesus is the Christ or as our savior or something, but really it's not about Jesus. (laughs) And when he says that it's about eternal marriage, he's not, Mormons can spend hours and hours together without ever mentioning Jesus.
1: Mm -hmm. And And I don't
0: think a couple of Christians could ever get together and and not talk about Jesus. Oh yeah,
1: yeah, (laughs) we gotta talk about the one who saved us. That's right. some time ago, I asked um, a several ex-Mormon women what their thoughts were about eternal marriage and eternal pregnancy, and we do have a sa- sampling of some of their responses, and, and we'll read some of those samplings between telephone calls tonight. Um, our, uh, fel- telephone, our phones are open, and our number is 973-8820 nine seven three TV twenty we invite you to call in ask your questions or make your comments. we do have a call in right now so um, we'll answer the call and then we'll start reading those answers and that's line two Bobby from Salt Lake City Hello Bobby hi you're on the air I,
2: I appreciate your your uh, your program i'm I've been in Salt Lake for many many years um, I'm not a Mormon but I have a very open mind and I love to hear about different religions and their beliefs and it makes me think this program tonight makes me think about single Mormon women and what happens to them when they pass the veil and go into the next world are they selective for this celestial marriage and partnership and procreation I've got several good friends of mine who are very good Mormon women temple recommend and i and they're single and i'm wondering how this comes across
1: mm-hmm. Okay, I'll let uh, Earl, he's the one that has been a Mormon, I'll let him answer that question, but one comment first. One quote, one I don't remember who quoted it sa- or said it, said that there are more women in heaven, which is gonna make it easier for them to live polygamy. Of course, a man would say that, <laughs> but and how they would know there's more women in heaven or not. But what do what about the single LDS women?
0: Well, just like any member, they get entrance by baptism into the celestial kingdom, and a single woman or a single man would be eligible to go into the celestial kingdom I believe that we would normally think that during the millennium they will find a, a spouse a mate and would marry in the temple and then would be be uh, have a celestial marriage and so they would move into it would be a polygamous situation more than likely
1: but what if they were wrong and there were more men in heaven than women then what would they do oops, <laughs> oops.
0: you mean that we were we were uh that men were more righteous than women? I yeah, God yeah, doesn't that would say mess, that would That would mess up everything. <laughs> yeah, would, wouldn't uh, it? Yeah.
1: So I, I hope that answers they'll, your question, they'll, Bobby.
0: They'll be given a chance. In LDS doctrine, they'll be given a chance, either during the millennium or some at some point, they'll be uh, picked up by some man and be part of his polygamy uh, harem group.
1: Okay. Does that answer your question, Bobby? It does.
2: I appreciate it. I hope that you can continue your breath broadcast for many more years to come
1: well thank you very thank much service. thank you hmm mm-hmm. thank you
2: okay
1: uh-huh bye okay we do have uh, on line one lamar calling from saint george hello lamar hello yes you're on the air
5: oh i'm sorry uh-huh um, i well i have you know both comments and questions but let me uh make one comment you you talk you talk a lot about the mormons believe in eternal sex um where is that a scripture is that just your wording on the, on the <laughs> spiritual children
1: well you if were you listening to the whole show because we had a lot of quotes and it comes from eternal marriage uh eternal increase which is a word joseph smith used a lot Eternal lives with the S on the end of it, which um, he used a lot, which all includes eternal progression, which is eternal families getting larger and larger. And the only way that can happen is with sex.
0: Uh, Where do you come up with that? I mean, all the. What word would you use, Lamar?
5: All these eternal children, they're talking about spiritual children. Where in LDS scripture does it say? eternal pre-existent children are, are conceived by a father or mother, or god and one of his wives having sex
1: how else are spirit children born
5: we don't know
0: <laughs> well, Orson Pratt seemed to know. He
1: knew, yeah. He and he was did Orson
0: a, Pratt. Say about
1: we we've, we just we've read quoted that. <laughs> a, a dozen of quotes from him tonight, and from Orson Hyde, and from William Clayton, and from Brigham Young. They all mentioned it. We didn't, and we just been a few of the. Talking quotes. about
5: spiritual children or mortal children.
1: Both, but, but I, our show tonight is basically on spiritual. And children. that they would
0: have the same gestation period as here on Earth in heaven oh, I'm,
5: I'm not familiar with those other than possibly well,
1: buy this book and read pages 37 through 39 and you'll get a lot of the information we gave on the show tonight
5: like or- i say, of course this here i don't believe is considered any kind of scripture
1: but orson pratt you, was a
5: prophet like you, even, you even quoted orson pratt saying probably nine men month pregnancy now if Orson that's his opinion you
1: know what we're not gonna, we're not going to start splitting hairs here because <laughs> that's he, not
5: splitting hairs. you you quoted orson hat i Hatt did think you quoted on the screen that orson hat said probably
1: Mm-hmm. yeah and that, so maybe that's it was his, eight months maybe right? it's ten months maybe he was dead wrong
5: i think he if you're if you think he was talking about mortal uh pre-exist or spiritual spirit children then obviously you were incorrect cause
1: no, yeah, he, I, I, know I, I quoted about, him. I quoted him, and he's
5: when it comes to spirit spirit children. You know what? Phrase is never used.
1: You know what, Lamar? You you are not wanting to look at the truth, and I suggest that you do because what we told you tonight is early Mormon doctrine and is polygamous doctrine. I'm talking uh, to the polygamy Mormon fundamentalist polygamists on this show, and they all believe this. They were taught it from the cradle. I was taught it from the cradle in the polygamy group. Early Mormons taught it because that's where this Mormon polygamy comes from. We're quoting those things that they wrote and we're trying to show the polygamists they don't have to live polygamy to please God. And the polygamy comes from polygamy past because they believe God the father and his father and his father lived polygamy. On into eternity in the future, and it's dead wrong, and it's blasphemous, and they believe you have to do it in order to even get to heaven, and that is also blasphemous. So that's our stand on our show. And if you want to pick it apart with little things, uh, you've got to answer to God for that, not us.
5: Well, I think they're pretty big things when you when you quote uh, somebody's opinion as as Mormon doctrine. I mean, that's pretty. Good. But
0: quoted
1: a, from the book, sir. I quoted an, from the book.
0: He's an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ, right? He right. was giving his opinion.
1: He giving his was, opinion
0: without saying just saying the Lord. A,
1: okay, one more time, and then we're hanging up on you. William Clayton, we quoted him saying it. Brigham Young, a prophet, we quoted him saying it. Um, Orson Hyde, another apostle, we pro- quoted him saying it. I can't remember all the others. More than just Orson Pratt, sir, many people preached this as Mormon doctrine. Get in the Journal of Discourses and read what it has to say. Thank you for calling. We have several other calls coming in. Okay, we have line three, Catherine from West Jordan. Hello, Catherine. Catherine. Hello, yes, I'm still here. Okay, you're on the air. What's your question? Turn your TV down. Hi, Katherine. Katherine, Hi. turn your TV volume down, Catherine. Oh, can you hear me? Sorry about that. Katherine, turn your television volume down. Hi, can you hear me now? I can hear you, but you've got to turn your volume down. I don't think she's listening to me. Sorry about that. Can you hear me now? I can hear you fine, yes. Is your TV volume turned down?
4: yes it is turned down okay what's your question okay hello okay perfect yes so my question is just in regards to um when you mentioned that the lds or the mormon church did not renounce the doctrine of polygamy and i was just wondering that's
1: not what i said i didn't say they didn't renounce the doctrine of polygamy I said they haven't renounced the doctrine of eternal pregnancy and eternal polygamy.
0: They, they don't practice oh. polygamy. The, the mainstream Mormon church doesn't practice polygamy, but they still believe in it.
4: Sorry, I can hear you said that. I'll say that one more
1: time. Catherine, is your television volume turned down?
0: Yes,
1: yeah, yeah it, it's down. Make sure that it stays down while we're talking, or we can't continue the conversation.
0: Well, I was just saying the mainstream Mormon church doesn't practice polygamy now, but they still believe in the principle. It's still in their doctrine and covenants, and they believe they will live it after this life.
1: And they have not renounced it, or those who taught it.
0: Right.
4: Um, So I was studying, I was looking into the Mormon church at one point, and I was reading in the back, in the, in the, is it the what is it called? The Something Covenant? The Doctrine and Covenants? Yeah, oh, yes, it is. It was the Doctrine and Covenants. And there was a declaration that was written. Um, I don't have a copy of the book because I'm not too familiar, stating that, I don't know, it was either one of the prophets early on.
1: Wilford Woodruff, the Manifesto, is what you're talking about. And Wilford oh, yes. Woodruff is a president. So you
4: sound like you're so familiar with it. It's, so when I, when I read it at one point, I, I was under the assumption that it was, that was then renouncing the practice of poly, of polygamy. No, it
1: wasn't renouncing the polygamy doctrine. It was, it was, Just the practice, it was, yeah. the, the practice of it was put on the back burner for now. But it wasn't renouncing the doctrine itself because it's still in the Doctrine and Covenants in Section
4: 132. Oh, that's, I I interpreted that differently. And I, and I also brought it up to my family because we all grew up Methodist. And when I read that to them, because we we talk about this, because we have our other our, we have other family that are also LDS, and we we always kind of have this dis- discussion because we have a different religions in our families, and so when I read that to them, um, they kind interpreted it the same way I did. That when Joseph Woodruff wrote that manifesto, that it was renouncing the prophets of me That it's no longer taught. It's no longer accepted. Well,
1: it isn't in the mainline church. But Catherine, we're we're talking to the polygamy groups who continue to live to polygamy, even though the LDS Church renounced or not renounced it, but uh, put it aside for now. Okay, we're not saying okay, so that, we're not saying the Mormons still uh, live it or or even preach they should live it. We're saying we're talking to the polygamists believe they should because of what Joseph Smith taught.
4: Oh, I see, well, I, yeah, I just, I was just signing up for my family that, that is LDS. I'm sure they, they don't appreciate the fact that, because I, I do remember you saying that the Mormon Church did not renounce that practice when I read it with, I mean, and we're Catholics. It's not like we live,
1: mm-hmm. we live
4: by, um... Well, they haven't How renounced. Live by it. So it's just I'm defending my family because I do care about them. They're good people.
1: Okay, Catherine. But they know. they haven't renounced. No, they haven't renounced. So they put it aside. They put it on the back burner. They still believe that they'll live it in the millennium. Yep. And in eternity. And eternity. Okay. Thank you. Uh, okay. Thanks for your call. Okay. Are you
4: going to hang up on me? Are you upset? You sound upset.
1: Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not upset at all. I just thought, thought we had answered your question. And we do have another call waiting.
4: Uh, okay, you sound upset, though. Nope, I'm
1: not. I'm not saying
4: you for this. What? I think she hung up on me.
1: <laughs> well, whatever, Catherine. I certainly wasn't upset. We just have another call waiting. Okay, line two. We have Dave calling from Ogden. Hello, Dave. Ah, uh, yes. You're on the air.
6: Okay. What's your question? I can't. I, uh, my question is. It's not a question. It's feedback. When you were going through all these numbers, uh, when the Mormons get in that eternal world that uh, they're going to make their own uh, eternal world by reproducing, by the polygamies, you're using uh, this man would have to, uh, say, have sex every five hours. Well, if they look no, every at five analogy minutes. books and reality, the human being, man, takes 48 hours to build up the sperm count for reproduction again, <laughs> now you didn't count that in there. So, they're, if they don't take that into consideration, they're in big trouble because they're not <laughs> going to build their. Cities. Well, they got celestial bodies. Who knows motivation. what it can do. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> Good point, Dave.
1: <laughs> there's a lot of I things. <laughs> there's a lot of things we didn't take into consideration, yeah. and that certainly would be <laughs> among them. <laughs> Thank you for I, your call. I think.
6: I think it's like they have to uh get into uh a world of reality while they're still here. So they're still they're gonna go into another world of reality.
4: Yeah.
6: Because there's gonna be a lot of us non Mormons up there at the same time they are. Well and they're I'm, not they're not gonna be alone and we're not gonna be alone.
1: And and Dave, oh, you know what concerns he, he don't me don't believe that. What concerns me it, more than anything all he, Dave I is I Dave, the thing that concerns me more than anything is when they die and they're going to meet God face to face and God's going to say, what did you do with my son Jesus? And if they can't say that they have bowed their heart and their head and their knee and their life to Jesus and forget everything else, Mm -hmm. then they're not going to be able to go to heaven at all. Ever.
6: Yes.
1: Because that's not what it's all about it's not about families it's not about the temple it's not about polygamy it's not about sex it's all about jesus and only jesus and god well jesus is god okay yeah (laughs) okay thanks for your call dave that's a very good point okay
6: nice talk. nice listening (laughs) thanks
1: Thanks for calling okay interesting yeah (laughs) interesting conversation. we're not going to be able to read all of our letter responses tonight but uh, because we we've only got a a few more minutes left but let's start with a couple of the responses i mentioned that i had asked some ex-mormon women what they thought about eternal marriage and celestial polygamy so why don't you read the first one i'll read
0: the first one okay here are my thoughts she says i believe Eternal pregnancy, having never been pregnant, I thought it would be a wonderful thing to be able to give birth to spirit children who could learn, grow, and progress to being gods themselves. I did wonder how long the gestation of a spirit baby was, though. As a Christian, eternal marriage, I am married to a wonderful Christian man. I would never trade worshiping Jesus in eternity for a continuation of our earthly marriage. Celestial polygamy, I think it's just sad. Now that I'm married, I can't imagine sharing my husband. The idea of having to be married as a prerequisite for salvation is appalling.
1: And you know, it is appalling, it is. isn't it? Yeah. When you know the truth that they've, married po- they've, they've made polygamy and marriage as a condition for exaltation.
0: Well, they've made them the savior. They that, made those the saving principles, right. and, mm-hmm. and that's what's really sad about the temple and all the other things that uh, both Mormons and polygamists go through, is they're putting, putting other things ahead of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And, and, yeah,
1: they're just yeah. put him in aside, and he's just another step along the way, yeah. when really, uh, he's all, the only thing that counts. Yeah. Okay, the next um, answer, the next letter, says eternal pregnancy. Ick. the thought of having to go through that forever is repulsive it also puts women in the role of property like our only purpose our only worth is in being breeding machines both in this life and the next you know that's the way it is in today's polygamy groups that's exactly how it is um okay we've one more quick letter and then quick we'll on. have to as
0: for being eternally pregnant I thought it was my duty I did wonder why God, who has a body of flesh and bones, had spirit children. Oh, that's why we mentioned before. Yeah. Had spirit children instead of children with flesh and bones. I wondered if pregnancies lasted nine months there and if there was labor. I didn't like the idea of being pregnant forever. Yeah, labor is a whole other issue that we haven't talked about. Uh,
1: and and Orson Pratt did not give us his great thinking process uh, <laughs> about the labor proce- uh, part of it. But he said that it was like, like it is here, so yeah. we kind of have to assume that's what it is, and we just want our viewers to who watch this, whether you're polygamous viewers or or LDS or Christian or whoever you are, um, j- this is our culture. This is exactly what we're dealing with here, and we we don't do this to make fun of anybody. We want everybody, just like the Bible says, to come to the knowledge of the truth, and that is only in Jesus Christ. Yeah. So. want to thank y'all for watching. Thanks again, Earl, for helping out. You know, we did look at some ridiculous statements tonight about eternal marriage and pregnancy, which in reality are only myths. But the truth is, there is good news and great hope. Polygamy is not and never was a biblical command and is not what heaven is all about. God doesn't bestow eternal life on those who suffered in polygamous marriages. That's what my mother thought. And heaven does not consist of sex, marriage, polygamy, or pregnancy. Instead, it's a gift of God through Jesus Christ. This gift is offered equally to the whole world, but is given only to those with a repentant heart. To those who know they cannot earn it, but they trust God's grace through Jesus' work on the cross and then receive His gift, it is theirs without cost and without religious works. God does not owe eternal life to anyone. It is not exclusive to any polygamy group or to the Mormon church, and God is not not against people who are not part of those religions. Yet early Mormonism and some polygamists today are taught to despise and pray for the destruction of those who are against them. One polygamy group instructs their members to meditate three times a day for five minutes specifically for the destruction of those who are against them. But Jesus commanded we pray blessings for those who are against us, not destruction, no one can be a true Christian and not believe all that Jesus said. Jesus taught monogamy, not polygamy. He taught that he is the only one who preexisted, that he is God Almighty, not Lucifer's brother, and that the only works God requires is to believe. But sadly, the work of simple belief is just too hard for those people in this Mormon culture.